Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This week on the show, our pop culture references, we review the Disney Plus show Obi-Wan Kenobi, and fortune cookies. It's September 2022, and you're listening to Lunchbox Reaction. Welcome back, everyone. I'm this week's host, Evan, and joining me today is just Brian, my dad. Hello. That's right, we do not have Linnea with us this week because of marching band-related things. Yeah, I think we mentioned in the past that Linnea had joined marching band and was going to be in and out for a while because she has lots of weekend performances that she's doing. So yeah, she's off at one of those. So it's just uh, Evan and I this week, and we're going to be reviewing the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, and only you and I had watched it, so we thought this would be a good week to review it. Yeah. So let's get this week started off with our pop culture references. Who wants to go first, me or you, Dad? Doesn't matter to me. Well, the way you said that kind of makes it seem like I I should go first. Go for it if you want. My pop culture reference for this week is that they're making a live-action Little Mermaid. Yeah, you showed me the trailer for that the other day. Yeah. That was more of a teaser, though, right? Yeah. Of course, you know, we all know the story of the Little Mermaid, I would I would think. So do we need a full trailer? I, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they'll make one. Well, I guess we want to see the actors. Yeah, that's true. The trailer only showed us Ariel. I really want to see what the villain will look like. I forgot her name. Ursula? Yeah. Isn't that her name? I want to see Ursula. Yeah, probably be CG. Well, I suppose just like Ariel. I suppose all of her fins were all CG. They looked good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it looked good. I'm not sure who the actress is, but... She has a good voice. Sounds like she can sing. She does. I don't know. I haven't been too keen on the live action remakes. None of us have. I don't think I've actually seen that many. I've seen Beauty and the Beast. We have not seen Pinocchio yet. Yeah, Pinocchio just came out. I haven't seen that. I've never saw the Aladdin. Have they done other live action remakes? The Lion King. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that. So I guess I haven't haven't really seen that many of them. So I guess it's not really fair of me to say to have a opinion on them. My pop culture news is that the trailer for Glass Onion and Knives Out Story is finally out and oh I am so excited for this movie. This movie looks so cool. It's got a great cast. Just from the trailer it it looks like it's some kind of a a puzzle box kind of thing. They're showing a they show a big table that has some various puzzle looking contraptions in it. Like you can move pieces and so I'm guessing maybe there's a secret message in it and they're trying to solve it and maybe a person who figured it out gets murdered or maybe the maker of it got murdered. I don't know. Anyway, it looks very cool. I'm I'm really excited for this movie. It's coming out on December 23rd, streaming on Netflix. It will be out a few weeks earlier in a limited number of theaters. So if it's around here, I might even be willing to go see it in a big theater. Cause, I, I would. Yeah, I think on the big screen it would be very fun to watch, especially... it. I believe it was filmed it was filmed somewhere in the Mediterranean. I want to say Italy, but I I could be totally wrong, but but yeah, I'm sure the locations are going to be a lot of fun. 
It's going to be fun, I hope. Now into our main topic for this week, the sixth episode limited series, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi premiered on Disney Plus on May 27, 2022. The show stars Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi and also features a number of returning cast members from the prequel movies, most notably Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader. The series is set 10 years after the events of Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, and opens on a very introverted Obi-Wan, living a solitary life on Tatooine and watching young Luke Skywalker from afar. His life is interrupted when he is contacted by Bail Organa of Alderaan on a mission of utmost importance. In addition to McGregor, the show stars Hayden Christensen, Moses Ingram, Vivian Lyra Blair, Kumal Nanjani, Joel Edgerton, Bonnie Peace, and Jimmy Smits, just to name a few. Okay, first thoughts on the show, Dad? My first thoughts on the show, I... You know, this is interesting. We, just today, we rewatched two of the episodes, the first episode and the last episode. And before I watched it, I was thinking to myself, eh, you know, it was, it was good, I enjoyed it, but it, it was just kind of average. And then after watching it again today, I thought, eh, you know what, I, I think I actually liked it more than I thought I did. And... Thinking about it, it's not the greatest, it's not the worst. To me, it feels like putting on an old, comfortable pair of shoes, right? Yeah. It just It feels good. It's great to see all the returning stars in their roles that they had in the prequels. It was fun to see them. It was interesting to see how they've progressed over the years. Uh, fun to meet a few of the new characters. And the sets were great. Uh, seeing different locations was fun. I think I enjoyed the characters a lot more than the actual nitty-gritty of the story. I think the story overall was good, but when you get right down to it, you know, there were some plot holes and things that didn't quite make sense. I, I guess overall I'd say it was fun to see the characters. I enjoyed revisiting them. Uh, the scripts could have used a little more work. That's my thoughts. How about you? I agree with Dad. I feel like on the rewatch today, I liked it a bit better, but that just might have been because of the first and last episodes. They're really good. But, yeah, it's I, I like this show. I feel like it does a great job portraying Obi-Wan and the change of his sadness to, like, his hope is very real, it feels like. Yeah, his demeanor from the beginning when we meet him. Just living a solitary life, like we said in the intro, solitary life, reclusive. It seems like he's kind of checked out. I imagine you sort of would feel like that if you thought you had killed your best friend and saw him die. And Yeah. I like stories like that that delve into the emotional depth or tragedy or choices that people make. So I'm I'm kinda gonna I'm gonna jump ship here and I'm gonna jump way into the future and I'm gonna just mention Star Wars episode was it eight, The Last Jedi, which I think was very divisive because people didn't like the way Luke Skywalker was. Yeah. And I'm one of the people who actually really enjoyed that movie because I can see, I, I like that emotional depth or, or just seeing something, seeing just how something can crush you and make you into a totally different person. You know, a lot of my friends didn't like that. Luke would never do that. And and me, I could totally buy that. And 
And I think here again, we're kind of seeing that same thing with Obi-Wan. He was, you know, one of the top Jedi. He was a general and he was, you know, he was very high ranking and well thought of. And then, and now after this, you know, all the situation now, he's just kind of living this, living as a hermit. And he seems really downtrodden and just barely hanging on. And I, I guess I like that. It, it gives us something to think about and work with. And, you know, how, how is he going to get past this to become the person that we see uh, in the very first Star Wars movie, A New Hope? Who, you know, and he's still a hermit in the desert, but he's not this morose and down. And, and it, it, it's just a totally different attitude. So anyway, that's a long way of <laughs> explaining something like that. Yeah. But. Again, I think that's why I like the characters in this story. Again, the actual plot, I think, and the scripting could have been a little tighter. So, What did you... Th- hmm. You're allowed to be spoilers. Yeah, so we're going to try to say spoiler-free. I mean, yeah. I think we can talk about things that might happen in the first episode because there's a character we meet in the first episode who, you know, it'd be hard to talk about the show without mentioning this character. Yeah. So I think... I guess if you haven't watched Obi-Wan and don't want to be spoiled at all, you can stop listening now. <laughs> um, but, I mean, we're not going to give away any spoilers beyond the first episode other than just, you know, talking about our general concepts or general thoughts. But but there is a character that gets introduced that uh, I certainly wasn't aware of, I think, when, when the show came out. So it was a bit of a surprise. So if you want to be surprised, stop listening now. Otherwise, uh, we're going to talk about that. That sound good? Yeah. All right. So, uh, very early on in the show, and again, this first episode, we meet a young girl, and it's it's a very young Princess Leia, ten years <gasps> old. What? Played by Vivian Lyra Blair, and I was a little bit worried at first. You know, you you have child actors, and it's always the notorious. Oh, how are they going to do? And I think overall she did a really good job. Yeah. I I enjoyed her performance. At first I was a little leery, but I guess I really think she captured the spirit of Leia. She's a little fun, but she's a little haughty. She has a feeling that she knows her place, but she but she also is a little rebellious. She doesn't want to always do what her parents say. So yeah, I enjoyed her. I I think she did a good job for you know, being what ten or eleven years old, I get, I get, you know, she's ten in the show. I'm not sure how old the actress actually is in real life. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think, I think Deborah Chow, who's the director of the show, must have done a very good job directing her. Because after we were watching the final episode today, I, I started watching a, um, and it was like a documentary or showing some of the behind the scenes of the show, and it was interesting listening to Deborah Chow, the director, and Vivian discussing. Uh, how well I think maybe after I do this I should do this and and the director was like okay yeah that's a good idea but remember you got to do this (laughs) so so that was you know that's what a a good director will do is get the actors to be fully in the characters and not go off tangent too far I I really liked Princess Leia too Mm. that it was an amazing portrayal I feel like my only spiel is still like chase sequences yeah Throughout the show, there are just like these very <laughs> kind of feel like they're scripted chase sequences where, you know, people could learn how to jump, but they would rather not. Yeah. So, yeah, Princess Leia is 
being chased through a forest. And it's supposed to be a tense, scary thing. Oh, she's being chased by some bounty hunters. And it was almost more comedic because the bounty hunters were just totally inept at just simply stepping over some branches or... Not tripping at all. (laughs) Not tripping at all, yeah. I think that could have been done a little better. You know, we all like to think, or well, I like to think as an adult, you know, you could you could easily catch a 10-year-old kid. But, but then I started thinking to myself, well, you know, there are times on the playground when, you know, I'd be playing tag with you two and, and you two could get away from me sometimes. So <laughs> Sometimes. So, sometimes. Uh, but could it have been better? Yeah. Was it a little silly? Yeah. But it served the story, I guess, for that point. <laughs> it doesn't ruin the whole show just no, no, because no. somebody is... But but in my head, I could hear that. I I don't know if you know the the song, um, the song Yakety Sax. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Too. So yeah, when the bounty hunters are chasing her through the forest, that's, it's just in my head. That's all I could think of because it was just it just felt a little silly. But but I think out of the whole show, that that was the most silliest thing. I think the rest of it worked pretty well. I don't know if you've ever watched Rebels, which is the thing that added the Inquisitors, but I thought that the Inquisitors in this show, which basically are the bad guys, aside from Darth Vader, did very good and were accurate to Rebels and stuff. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I know of Rebels. I have not watched it. I watched, like, the first season. Mm -hmm. My only problem with the Inquisitors is very small, and it's that the Grand Inquisitor's head is too short too short from the yeah. from the animated version or yeah something? okay it's, it's i just am confused because even in the live action version that species had a long head mm. in like the last movies no they're just taking some liberties it'd be a lot more cg or yeah extra prosthetics or things like that so. but once again none of this ruins the show mm. i have to say i find the circular double-bladed lightsabers to be a little impractical i i keep thinking if they're spinning around you're just going to cut your own foot off or something they've been trained dad <laughs> i think they're good yeah and the best part is that they they can be used as helicopters there you go okay. that's that's what they do in rebels oh really they have helicopter blades yeah wow so speaking of lightsabers one of the quibbles i have with and i'm not sure if it's not this just this show but just star wars progression in general is that lightsabers have seemed to gotten a lot less life-threatening like, people are being poked right through the midsection with lightsabers and they're yeah. surviving. You know, in the in the original movie, you, you get slashed with a lightsaber and you're pretty much, that, that's it, you're a goner. And, you know, there's one point in this where someone gets stabbed with a lightsaber and I'm thinking, okay, now how could they survive that? <laughs> Disney just doesn't really get lightsabers that much. Yeah, I don't uh, know. It's, so, it started with Finn when he was slashed in the back by lightsabers and didn't die. Mm-hmm. And then it's just continuing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, basically, when you think of, for example, the very first prequel movie where Qui-Gon gets pretty much a lightsaber right in his midsection and dies, and then uh, in this show, someone gets a lightsaber pretty much in the same spot, doesn't die. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> although although we do have, we did see Darth Maul get cut in half, and he comes back. So, yeah, I I don't know. Well, that's because Darth Maul was few was fueled by rage oh i see and also he still doesn't have his bottom half maybe yeah maybe some different species that the organs are in a different spot and it wasn't life-threatening who knows (laughs) who Who knows knows what's happening with these zabrax yeah 
Is that the name of his species? Yeah. All right. Character-wise, as I mentioned, it's it's sort of like putting on an old shoe. It's, it's it, you know, it feels comfortable. I so I I really enjoyed seeing you and McGregor back as Obi Wan. I thought he did a great job. It was great seeing Hayden Christensen back. I I know, you know there was a lot of hate going around when the prequels came out that and everyone just said nasty things about the actors and their wooden performances and this and that. And one thing that I read recently that I found pretty interesting is that is that Hayden Christian was trying to be almost kind of robotic like like Darth Vader was just so that so that his voice would be like the, the same cadence that Vader talks in. You know, he was kind of purposely trying to do that, uh, which I found interesting. But I, mean, I think I I want to say I'm I'm glad that people have embraced him lately more. Um, but at the same time, you know, it it this happens every cycle. Uh, Moses Ingram, who plays Riva in this show, one of the Inquisitors, suddenly she's getting piled on with all the hate and. I just, I don't understand it. I, I don't know why fandom has to be so negative. You know, they it's it's like they pick one person and they just have to be a big downer and 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 great on Ewan McGregor and the whole cast for sticking up for her and saying, you know, if, you know, people who are doing this are not real Star Wars fans. And because... <laughs> Yeah, it just stuff like that should not happen, and it really made me angry. And I, I don't know if you were aware of that, Evan. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, she was fine. She was cool. I, I, mean, I enjoyed her story arc. I want to say that to me, her story arc was kind of telegraphed from the first few minutes of the show. <laughs> I don't know if you felt like that. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that was supposed to be a mystery or if we were supposed to get that right away. Yeah, when we first met her, it was almost like, oh. They showed me A, and now they're showing me B, so I can obviously see C, D, E, and F, and that's pretty much what happened. So it wasn't too surprising in a way. I mean, there were some things that were surprising, but I guess the end result I kind of figured out. Again, uh, jumping back, it was great to see Jimmy Smith's back as Bail Organa. Uh, it was great to see Joel Edgerton and Bonnie Peace back as Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen. I really feel like Joel Edgerton did a great job with Uncle Owen. It, just his voice and his mannerisms. I mean, he really felt like Owen from the movies, from the original movies. I, I liked him. Mm -hmm. I liked how he felt about the Jedi and Obi-Wan. And he has some great roasts. <laughs> so to me, the show really excels at the characters. Some of the settings, I, I know people are getting pretty sick of Tatooine. And of course, there's any, any show with with Obi-Wan being where he is, it has to be on Tatooine, but we do have some different settings. We have a sort of a neon underground dive world called, it's like Daiwa or something, something like that. I, yeah, I forget. Uh, and then we get to go to a, well, we see Mustafar where Darth Vader has his lair. We see, uh, there's some farming planet. We see Alderaan. Yeah, we see some kind of a farming planet. So, so yeah, we, we get some different locales, and that's nice. Yeah, there again, that farming planet or whatever. On Some of those middle episodes, I think, were probably the weakest. Uh, there's one point where they're trying to get through a checkpoint, and they have to open a gate, but, but there's nothing beyond the gate. You could have just as easily walked around it. <laughs> yeah, there's no fence or anything. Yeah, so... 
again, there's just some weird, weird things like that that I it just didn't really seem that thought out. Uh, even some of the opening scenes, I was I was commenting to you, Evan, where Obi Wan is working and he's he's uh, he's like a meat cutter slicing meat, and everyone quits working and they just all leave and walk home, but all the meat is still sitting there. I mean, it's it's gonna get spoiled or rotten or or something. I I don't know. <laughs> it just didn't make sense. But whatever, we'll just <laughs> we'll just go with it. The boss gets the meat, I guess. Who would you say is your or like your favorite character since we see like Bail Organa and uh, Owen and Peru and well I mean I mean can I pick Obi-Wan sure I mean I think obviously he's my favorite character I I enjoyed him a lot I have to say so I'm I'm just gonna be totally honest here there are some actors that for me it's hard to disassociate them and then the characters they're portraying (laughs) and this was kind of me with Camille Nanchani Oh yeah, uh, he's the the con man, and 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 I'm not sure why it's 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 nothing with him and and this kind of same for me with uh, with another actor named named Patton Oswalt. He's not even in this, but I just bring it up because whenever Patton Oswalt is in things, I have trouble. And this is just me in my head. I have trouble seeing him as a character and not just Patton Oswalt, you know, the stand-up comedian or something. And this is the same with me with Camille Nanjani. I I just see him as him and not portraying a character in a show and i know that's totally my fault but so whenever there were scenes with him it kind of pulled me out i feel like that's the entire internet and chris pratt oh okay yeah okay (laughs) just (laughs) if you don't know chris pratt is like being featured in a lot of things and all of the internet just always says oh it's chris pratt in this thing oh it's star lord in this thing it's either chris pratt or star lord his Mm -hmm. name now so yeah and again you know, I'm I'm not saying he's a bad actor. I mean, it, again, it's just a personal thing that it's just hard for me to disassociate the actor from a character he's playing in. Now, Evan, do I remember that you liked the big, sort of tall robot structural robot worker that you liked? I liked the robot. Yeah, it was a cute robot, and it it doesn't talk, right? It's just kind of a it's a mute robot. Mute robot. <laughs> what was it that uh, drew you to that robot? I just like robots in Star Wars. Okay. I like how, like, fleshed out as a character it was. They didn't need to go into the time to explain this robot's backstory and why it's doing the things it's doing. Mm. But they did. And now I know all about this robot. Okay. Cool. Robot or droid? It's a Star Wars universe, right? So it has to be a droid. Doesn't it have to be a droid? I mean, it it (laughs) could be. But I like to call it a robot. Okay. And so then some of the inevitable scenes with Obi-Wan and Darth Vader can't be too spoiler, I guess. I mean, it, it, I mean, we know that Hayden Christian's in it, so they, they inevitably, I mean, you can't have a show with Darth Vader and Obi-Wan and they never meet. So, so I, you know, I hope that's not too much of a spoiler. Wait, what? <laughs> Hayden Christensen is in this? But, I didn't know uh, that. But I did like the lightsaber battles. They were, they were pretty good. Although many of them felt very dark, as in not lit very brightly. (laughs) And I don't know if that was just on choice to hide things or just to make the lightsabers glow more or or what. Because the night is pretty cool. Yeah, I guess lightsabers look cool at night. Trust me, I would know. I have one. Yeah. So that was fun. It was fun to see those battles. So, final thoughts on Kenobi and rating? Sure, final thoughts. 
uh, I, I almost said my final thoughts in the beginning. So I, to me, I, I really enjoyed this show for its characters. Again, I describe it as, you know, putting on a comfy pair of shoes or a sweater or something. It's, it's just nice. It's a fun universe to, to revisit, to see these characters. It's like your 20 year old hat. (laughs) And the overall plot I enjoyed, but the actual scripting of some of the individual episodes, eh, could have been better. I think the first episode was pretty slow, but it did a lot of setup. The last few episodes were, were really good and intense. The middle, I don't know, could have been tightened up. I guess everything felt like it needed to be there to to keep the story moving. So, so overall, I think I will give it a 7.5 out of 10. I'll give it an 7.5 out of 10, too. All right. It's a good show. That's our review of Obi-Wan Kenobi. You can check it out on Disney+. Plus. It's streaming there. And now it is time for... Fortune Cookies! Woo! You know what? Oh, what? <laughs> I'm going to backtrack a little. There's one thing that I wanted to mention that, that I've totally forgot to mention about Obi-Wan Kenobi, and that was the music. Oh, yeah. I thought the music was awesome. I, I really like the music. I liked how they used that one song a lot of times. The yeah, so a person named Natalie Holt was hired to compose the music for the show. Uh, the theme, the the main Obi-Wan theme was written by John Williams. He wrote the music, of course, for all the, the movies. And he actually had an Obi-Wan theme in the in the original trilogy, but that theme over the years became the Force theme. So he wanted to write his own Obi-Wan theme now, like a, a new one. But that's all he did. So he wrote the Obi-Wan theme, and then this uh, composer named Natalie Holt did the music. And and yeah, I, when we were just watching it, or re-watching it today, uh, I was really paying attention to the music. And I love the music. It's very cinematic. I thought it fit right in with the story. Yeah, so if you do watch the show, yeah, pay attention to the music, because I, I really enjoyed it. In most shows, I don't notice the music much because it fits in with the show. But this show, I did notice it, and I do not mind it in this because it just fits in so good, and it's so good that you can't help. Okay, anyway, fortunes. What'd you get? My fortune is if you can shape it in your mind, you'll find it in your life. I got a pretty cool fortune. Ooh. It says magic time is created when an unconventional person comes to stay. Hmm. I, I like that one. That's it's interesting. It's like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Gandalf comes to stay in magic time. There we go. All right. That wraps up this week's episode of Lunchbox Reaction. Thank you all for listening. You can check us out on the web at lunchboxreaction.net. Check us out on Twitter at lunchboxreaction.com. <laughs> at lunchboxreaction.net. No, that's our website. But you said Twitter. Twitter at Lunchbox Reaction. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I I don't know. There's too many things. There's so many things, Dad. So many. <laughs> well, I'm your host for this week, Evan. And thanks to my co-host Brian. <laughs> that's me. And we'll see you all next week at the lunch table. So long.